Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks Thanks be to to God, who gives us victory, the victory, the victory, through our Lord Jesus Christ. And welcome back into the Living Victory Podcast. I am Max Keen, as always, joined by Christian Conway and Jonathan Krause. And today we have a very special guest with us, uh, Matthew Braden. He's been a special uh, mentor of mine throughout the past several years um, since I've switched churches and has really helped me to grow in my faith and has challenged me in God's word um, over the past few years. So welcome to the show, Matt. How are you doing? Thank you. I'm doing good. I'm happy to be here on the show. Um, I've listened to you guys talk before, and I'm very happy that God is using you guys um, in a really cool way. And even more importantly, that um, you're using your gifts and your talents and what God has taught you um, to pour into other people. And um, that's exceedingly important. And one of the, I would say, probably pillars um, of what Jesus taught was to share the good news, the gospel, um, with others. So I'm very proud of you guys. Um, I pray for you guys, and I just uh, I look forward to this podcast. Yeah, thank you. That that really means a lot. So I thought uh, we'd just start off. You can share a little bit about yourself, um, and then after that, you could share you know a quick five minute version of your testimony. Of course, it doesn't have to be exactly five minutes. You know. If, if you want to go a little over, that's fine, but just share a little bit about how God has worked in your life um, and how you've grown into a relationship with him. Yeah, so um, my story is a little bit, I don't know, ordinary but not ordinary. Um, so I grew up in the church. I My parents were going to this same church uh, before I was born, so, you know, you could say my age plus nine months that I've been going to this church. Um, and so I grew up in the church going anytime that the doors are open, every event that they had. Um, and I loved it. I loved being a part of a family. I loved being with friends and I loved worshiping uh, God. Um, <clears throat> but I have to say that it didn't really hit home for me um, until after high school, um, I thought that I was saved. I thought that I had everything in the right place. Um, but my heart went after the things of the world. Um, you know, I went, I went to parties, I got drunk, I cussed, I, you know, I was addicted to pornography and, um, all the while saying that I love God and that I, you know, was doing all the right things. Uh, but, in my own private life, that was obviously not true. Uh, I didn't love God, <clears throat> and my life choices showed that. Um, so, to make a really long story short, after all of that, I woke up one day and I thought to myself, and really I think it was a prompting of the Holy Spirit. Um, actually, I know it was a prompting of the Holy Spirit, because there's only, only that explains it. Um, living that kind of life and then waking up one day and thinking, hold on a second. I say that I believe, I say that I love God, but my life does not reflect that truth. 
And so I really had to go to prayer and ask God, what does it mean to love you? And that's when I actually started opening the Bible for myself and reading it. I had read, you know, on and off here and there uh, growing up, tried to do my best to do a daily devotional. But it wasn't until that question rang in my mind constantly and in my heart that I had to answer it. What does it mean to love God? And why am I not doing it? And so that's where my story begins, really. I believe that that is where the Holy Spirit came into my life and started to change me from the inside out um, to be a new creation, like he says. Um, So the old me is dead and gone. The new me is being renewed in Christ um, daily. So that is my testimony in a nutshell. Um, I am, let's see, that was probably almost four years ago now. Um, And just to give testimony to the life change uh, that God has done in me, I haven't seen pornography in four years. Um, Don't even want to. And God has done a great work in my mind to change my mind uh, because living that kind of life, it really actually changes the way you think. So God has done so much to repair the damage that was done. Um, and then also just the love for his word. I'm in it every day. I'm constantly listening to sermons, to music, to this, that, the other, um, my life is completely different. I couldn't stop thinking about Jesus if I wanted to. And that is a testimony to what God has done in my life because that was not who I was. It's amazing to hear how God works in different people's lives and just listening to your story and seeing all the the ups and downs and the hills and valleys that God's taken you and this place that he's brought you to where um, you, it sounds like you're on fire for God and you have this heart for him. Uh, but as I was listening to your testimony, a, a question came up in my mind. Was there a like a moment that happened when you were down in the deepest valleys or hitting rock bottom when something happened and you just realized like I need to change or you realized that like you said that you realized that you weren't living for God. But was there one moment or one um, specific time or thing that happened that you could point back to and identify as the moment that you changed? Um. There wasn't like a rock bottom moment as far as, you know, such and such happened. And therefore I thought to myself, it really was, I woke up one morning and I had this question on my mind. Um, And then going from that, that was probably, if we want to put a timeline to it, that was probably sometime in, let's say like September-ish. And so I started to get in, in the Bible and I started to read it every day. And I'm just talking about reading, um, reading and praying every day. Um, and what I would do at that time I was in college. So, um, I would get, it would get to late at night and I'd be doing homework, trying to get homework done. And, you know, this thought would come to my mind, you know, what's more important, finishing the homework or, um, you know, your relationship with God. So, um, I would actually stop my homework and go do, you know, go do some Bible reading and some prayer and, and then come back, um, either to finish my homework that night or, or the next morning or, or whatever. Um, but 
as time went on, it was uh, December. So I, that started in September, um, wrestling with this question, um, really trying to seek God and understand what it means to love him. And uh, in December, someone that I went to high school with was in a car accident and died. Um, and so going to her funeral and hearing about all of these people go up and talk about how much she loved Christ and um, the impact that she had on their life. And just, and literally to see how many people were in that church was in, incredible. Um, so I was asking myself, how, what does it mean to love God? And then at that point, it was, if I were to die tomorrow, what would people say about me? Would my life be reflective of my love for God, or would it be reflective of my love for myself? And so that was pivotal for me, um, and I think that God used it in my life at the perfect time um, to really get me in in check to realize that we are vulnerable people. Um, you know, with this whole virus and everything going on, um, a lot of people are turning to Christ right now because they recognize the reality that we are vulnerable, that we aren't invincible and we aren't going to live forever in this body. Everyone dies. And so it starts to make them ask the important questions. And uh, Solomon says, that it's actually better to be in a house of sorrow than in, uh, you know, a place of partying because it causes you to recognize the reality of your life. It isn't all joy. It isn't all happiness because it's all going to end no matter what you do. Um, so that really got me thinking about, okay, am I a Christian? Am I in Christ? And do my words of saying that I love him match it? And so that really started me on a path towards him. Um, And like you said, the ups and downs, sideways and backwards, but there is no question that Christ has done the work in me um, to change me and make me who I am. And I look back now um, on that time as, I, as I'm recounting the story. And I just think about how good God was to me um, in, in drawing me to him through, this whole, through the whole process. Um, when I knew nothing and when I, um, you know, I was just putty in the palm of his hands. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 13 says that we are laid open and bare before the one whom we must give account. Um, and the actual Greek word that's used there is is kind of like a hunting term. Like if you went and killed a deer and you were going to gut it and you cut it down the middle and opened it up for all the insides to you know be shown. That's the word that is used there to, to be open and laid bare before God. And one, that was one of the verses that I memorized when I first became a Christian for almost four years ago um, because that's how I wanted to be before God because I knew that that's how I was, but I knew, I knew that he knew everything about me, but to do that yourself, that's exactly what he wants from us is to lay ourselves open like that. Um, To be, uh, there are three things that are 
exceedingly important in the Christian's life. First is to be known by God. Second is to know God. And third is to make him known. But unless you have those first two, unless you understand and have experienced being known by God and knowing God, you can't effectively make him known. Um, So for me, the past three and a half years has been a journey of getting to know God and to be known by him and understand that fact. What what does the Bible say? We love because he first loved us. Um, And that's exceedingly profound when you know it from experience. It's one thing to say it. It's one thing to tell someone about it. It's one thing to read it in the scripture. But to know it from experience of going on the journey, um, that's something completely different. Wow, that really is so encouraging to hear. So one thing that kind of pops up in, in my mind, and I know we're kind of taking this in a different direction than what we originally intended, but um, as someone who has struggled with some of the things that you have struggled with as well, uh, you mentioned two things. Uh, first of all, pornography. So this is kind of something that I know a lot of people do not like to talk about these days, but it's such a prevalent problem in our society, especially when it comes to guys, Um, not only in just, you know, it being there in your life, but like you said, the way it affects the way you think, uh, the way your mind works, it really is quite toxic to the way you view women and the way you think about uh, other women. And it's can put a serious strain on your relationship with God as well. Um, and then you also mentioned something, uh, cursing as well, or swear words or whatever term you want to use. So, uh, as someone that has actually struggled with and, and uh, with those, with those two things. So what was it like for you with those things in your life after that morning where you're like, wow, you know, like I need to start taking my faith more seriously. Like I need to start figuring out what loving God looks like. For those specific two things in your life, was there a time of, you know, working, uh, working towards, you know, being better at them? Uh, was there, because so something that my dad talks about, because my dad actually came to Christ when he was in college, and he didn't, he didn't grow up in any kind of church or anything, um, very secular family. And he said when he came to know Christ in college, he like things that were important to him before were just no longer important to him. So right. was it, was it something like that? So was, so was it more of a, like a, a gradual God working on your heart and changing you and changing your mind? Or was it more of a, just the Lord just kind of changed your, your, what was important to you? Yeah, that's a, that's a great, great question. Because like you said, for some, for some people, it is an immediate thing where, um, you know, and people will tell stories and in their testimonies where, um, you know, they they were a drunk and um, they, you know, basically they were an alcoholic and, you know, they came to Christ and they never touched a drink ever again. Um, and that's, that's true for some people, but other people, um, you know, even though they truly may come to Christ, maybe that's something that they continue to struggle with. Um, until finally gaining control of it um, later on in their Christian walk. So um, I think it's important that we recognize that God sanctifies each of us in uh, different in different ways at different times. 
Um, so if you're like, you know, well, I got saved and it wasn't immediately, you know, better. That doesn't mean that you're not saved. That doesn't mean that, you know, Christ isn't working in you. Um, so just want to, just wanted to say that to begin with. Um, so for, for me, when, you know, it definitely was a process, um, but I got to go backwards a little bit. So for my pornography addiction, um, it, for me, it's really important to my testimony because it's the biggest thing that God did in my life um, that I can, that I could never credit to myself. I, I was addicted and I couldn't stop. I tried so many times. Like I said before, I thought that I was a Christian um, beforehand. I thought that the Holy Spirit was in me and moving. Um, now looking back, I know that that wasn't true, but I thought I was. So I was trying to do the right things. I was trying to, you know, I knew it was bad to look at pornography. I knew that it was bad um, to cuss. I knew that it was bad to get drunk. Um, and so I tried so many times to stop, uh, stop this addiction. And I, I just couldn't, I just couldn't. And so it really was God working in my life. Um, let's see, if we go back to the timeline, I started, you know, reading the Bible in September, um, really got a gut check in December and it came around to, let's see, January, February, March. So it was March of that same year um, that I really, I really can't explain it. It wasn't a single moment thing because I had always tried to stop. Um, but that was the last time. And it wasn't like, you know, oh, this, you know, this is the last time or, you know, God, I promise I'll never do it again. That's the thing. We can't, we have no power to promise God anything. We have no power to promise God anything. I read that in, I, I believe it's Crazy Love by Francis Chan. Um, and I don't think, I don't know if I read that before this or after it. Um, but he said something like, you know, God probably has a little chuckle when he hears us promise him something. Like, God, you know, if you save me from this, then I promise I'll whatever. And he chuckles because he knows that we have no power to actually do that. Um, and I think it's very important to understand in our Christian walk, we don't have the power to overcome our sin. That is only through and by Christ Jesus. So once I understood that from an experiential standpoint and it became an everyday thing, an every moment thing, really, um, where I said, okay, God, this moment is for you. This day is for you. Um, and honestly, I cannot, I keep, I keep saying this, but I can't explain it other than the Holy Spirit was working in me to change me because I had tried so many times before to stop and I couldn't, but this was different. Because my life mattered to God. My life was important to Him. And look at what He did for me on the cross. In, in the Bible where, where Jesus goes to um, the Pharisee's house, I believe the Pharisee's name is Simon. 
a woman comes in that house and pours her tears over his feet and wipes his feet with her hair. And Simon says to to Jesus that you know he wouldn't be he wouldn't want to be seen with this woman if he knew what what, what kind of woman that she was meaning that she would she was a prostitute um, and Jesus's reply he he goes on a little bit of a parable story where uh, someone who owed a debt uh, there were two men who owed a debt. One was bigger than the other, and he said they both were forgiven. And he asked Simon, which which one do you think was more thankful? And Simon said, well, obviously the one that was forgiven more. And Jesus says that he who loves much has been forgiven much. When I was first saved and I read that story um, in the Bible, it struck a chord with me because... Of how much I'd been forgiven. If you really stop to recognize how much you've been forgiven, um, that's going to cause you to love much. He who's been forgiven much loves much. So for me, it was a daily battle. I had to fight my thoughts and I had to change everything that I do. So back then, I, you know, I binge watch TV shows and all this stuff. So I had to recognize that those things were poison to my mind. Um, because what the world does is they make you feel abnormal for not approving of what they do. So I somehow recognized that that was happening, that I was feeling abnormal for not um, watching pornography, for not, um, you know, acting the same way that they act. So what I had to do was I had to stop watching those things. I had to stop listening to pop music. And I had to, you know, uh, if a commercial came on and something provocative or inappropriate, you know, I have to look away um, or walk away. Um, if I... Uh, Man, if I was walking down the street, you know, I started to go to um, Towson. That's where I went to college. And, uh, you know, summertime, all the girls would be dressed absolutely horribly. And, uh, you know, I, I'd spend my days staring at the pavement as I walked around the campus. Um, so I, I had to intentionally change my mind. Uh, but like I said, the... It's, it wasn't me, because the entire time I was praying and asking God for strength. And like I said before, um, I tried so many times before to stop and I couldn't. But God had given me a new heart. God had given me a new heart um, that just desired after Him to please Him because I understood what He had done for me. And even to this day, I feel the exact same way. When I think about what I used to do, and I think about um, doing that, and it's not like, and it's not like I want to do that. It's just like a thought of, um, you know, could I ever go back? And it's absolutely not. 
how could I do that to my God? How could I do that to Jesus after all he's done for me? Um, so that, that, um, that flame that he lit in me, in my heart is still burning, um, red hot right now. So, uh, that's awesome. But another, so, so one part of it, one part of, of that was intentionally stop, you know, removing what was poisoning my mind and replacing it. So I really started to memorize scripture, memorize scripture. What I did first was I actually memorized James chapter six. Uh, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who have died to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us as are baptized in Christ Jesus were baptized in it? So I memorized Romans chapter six. And any time that I had a impure thought or a commercial came on and I you know, closed my eyes or turned away or walked away, I would start saying Romans chapter six. Every single time, Romans chapter six. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Every single time, every thought, every sight, everything. Um, and that changed my mind. And I would I would do it until I didn't remember why I started. And now, obviously, it's not like you know I I did I knew why I started, but my mind was changed from that point of lusting after the thing that I that my flesh wanted to, okay, now I recognize that that's what that was and I don't have to give into it. Why? Because in he, in Romans chapter six, it says that we're no longer slaves to sin, but slaves to God. Do not offer your, your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin. Um, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead. And your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not have dominion over you if you are not under law but under grace. So that was pivotal for me. Was memorizing scripture, removing the poison from of you know the lies that the world tells us, the lies that I was telling myself, and replacing it with the truth that God says. Is that God had said, sin shall not have dominion over you anymore. I didn't have to give sin that power anymore. And through the Holy Spirit in me, through the replacing of Scripture, um, I no longer gave in to that. And so now here we are, what, three three years later, and it's not even a thought in my mind, which is absolutely, I thought that would never happen. I honestly thought that it would be something that I struggled with forever. And here's the thing. You hear older Christians say that. You hear older Christians say, you know, older Christian men. You know, you uh, Christian, I think it was you that said, you know, we don't talk about this in the church. Was that you, right? It was John. Was that John? Jonathan. No, that was me. Yeah, it's uh, something we really kind of don't talk about. Yeah, really. and everyone avoids the subject. Yeah, it's really a problem because it's a, it's in in my opinion, it's a problem that we don't talk about it because of how big of a problem it is in our world today. You know, back when our parents um, were were kids, it was a lot harder to get a hold of stuff. Now it's a click of a button. You know, and no one ever has to know. And so it's a real problem that we don't talk about it. And so that's why I bring it up 
in my testimony is because I know that other guys struggle with it, even though they may never admit it. And so I'm here to tell you that you can have victory in this area, but not you, God. You can't have victory unless God is working in you. You can't have victory unless your heart is totally yielded to him. Um, so where was I going with this? Oh yeah, old, old Chris, older Christians will tell you, you know, older Christian men, when they talk about this, will say, you know, it'll be a lifelong struggle. Okay, here's what I'm telling you. You will struggle, but you don't have to lose. Sure, I get tempted still. A commercial comes on, or someone walks by, or whatever the case may be. But a temptation is different than a sin. Satan's going to tempt you all your life. That is true. In every area, whether it's um, lust, whether, you know, lust for sexual things, lust for monetary things, for money, for whatever it is, you're going to be tempted. But Jesus says, what did I, what did I say? Romans chapter six, sin shall not have dominion over you if you're not under law, but under grace. God has given us the power. And in Romans chapter six, also, it talks about Jesus having died to sin um, and risen again sin no longer has the power. So we have actually died in Christ and been risen again with him. Sin no longer has dominion over us. So though we may struggle with the temptation, we don't have to give into that temptation. So that's the encouragement that I want to give in this area is totally yield yourself to God. Like we talked about um, in Hebrews chapter four, Um, you you know, being open and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. You're going to have to give account for every action that you do. But here's the thing. Jesus loves you. He's provided a way out. And that even every action that you do now, he still loves you in it. So he's given us the power over it. Um, So my encouragement is that you don't have to be tied down. Jesus has already paid the price for that sin, and you can be free from the sin and helped through the temptation. So it's been really encouraging to hear you just talk about these things. Oh, did you have something to say? Yeah, I was just going to say, and and, uh, for me, over the past few years, um, what, I've been saved for, what did I say, three and a half, four years now? Um, I think I'm close to 500 verses memorized now. And that's not because I wanted to be able to say I have 500 verses memorized. It's because I need to know God's word every day when I'm walking about, when I'm talking to someone, when someone asks a question, or when I need to know God's word Um. First of all, for myself, for my own soul, because I struggle in my own mind, obviously. But then also, if God opens a door with a certain conversation, he's going to bring those verses to my mind. Um, So the verses for me, um, as I deal with temptation, have changed. Um, I went from Romans chapter 6 to... Um, Psalm chapter one. And I like to do chapters because 
um, they really, well, the length of it really, because by the time you're done with a chat, you know, done saying a chapter, chances are you're, you know, going to forget about why you started. Um, and then now I do James chapter one. I start halfway through. Blessed is the man who endures temptation for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. So just to bring my testimony back into this, um, the, that crown is for those who love him. So in my actions, it says, blessed is the man who endures temptation. By enduring temptation, we show that we love God. And God has promised that crown to those who love him. So that's an encouragement to me when I'm being tempted to endure that temptation. Blessed is the man who endures temptation. For when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. And then sometimes we're tempted to say, well, you know, God is tempting me. Well, James says exactly there. Let no one say, God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by anyone. But each one is tempted by his own desire and enticed. And when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. Do not be deceived, loved brethren. Every good thing and every perfect thing is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Of his own will he brought us forth by the word of truth, that we might be a kind of firstfruits of his creatures. So, in all of that is kind of everything that I've been talking about. Um, the love for God, the enduring temptation, and God's goodness showing me the lies that I tell myself are actually from my own desires, which are against His. So combating that, um, telling myself the truth about God and about what He desires from me, um, you know, I, ch- I then choose to love Him by enduring through the temptation and not choose choosing the temptation. I think it's a great strategy to memorize scripture, uh, because like you said, you always want to have that on your mind. You always want to have it on your heart. You always want it there, accessible uh, at your fingertips, so you can um, bring it to mind whenever you need it, whenever you need to fight temptation, whenever you need to fight sin. And I, I've been listening to all these scriptures that you memorized, and I, I just have a question for you about that is, how do you go about memorizing scripture? Because a lot of people think that they should memorize scripture and they they want to do it, but they don't know how to start. They don't know where to start. They don't know um, how to make it to where they can you know, memorize not only a couple of verses, but even a whole chapter uh, eventually down the road. So how do you go about memorizing scripture and how have you found it effective to where you can memorize the, the verses that you need to memorize and be able to bring them to the tip of your tongue whenever you need them? Yeah, sure. That's a great question. And um you know, I grew up, like I said, in church, and I my parents had me do Awana. So um, I memorized scripture growing up in the Awana program. Um, however, by the time that I got saved, I had forgotten it all. Um, and so I was actually, like when I got saved, I was really ashamed of that fact. Um, but the reason that I had forgotten it all is because it didn't matter to me. It really didn't matter to me. And Romans chapter 1 Um, one verse 28 says, you know, they did not see it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God. So God gave them over to a depraved mind so that they do would not not be done. That's one of the first verses that I memorized. 
when I woke up, you know, um, to the reality that I didn't actually love God. That was one of the verses I memorized because it cut straight to my heart that I did not retain the knowledge of God. I didn't see it worthwhile. Um, so I think the first step is to recognize that, um, that God's word has healing for your soul. It's not just a Christian thing to do. It's not just, um, you know, what you do so that way you sound good in church or it's not like literally to this day, I memorize scripture because my soul needs to hear it. I need it. I need it. Um, so I think that that hunger for knowing God's word um, is very important. And then the other part is to know that war is coming. Know that war is coming. Um, you know, we every, almost everyone knows about the armor of God um, and that, you know, we're supposed to take up the shield of faith to combat the, the arrows from the enemy. Or, um, you know, in 1 Peter chapter 5, Peter says, be sober, be vigilant, for your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith. Um, so, on the one hand, it's your, your soul needs it because you need that healing from God. You need that truth. And then on the other hand, war is coming. Whether you're in a battle right now or not, it's coming. And you're going to need to know it. Um, and then, like I talked about before, I want to I want to be able to tell people, um, you know, scripture, because what does God's word say? God's word in actually Hebrews chapter four, right before that verse I've been talking about. Verse 12 says the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And so when anytime that I can actually use God's word, word for word, I try to use it because it has a way of cutting through to the actual heart of the person um, more than anything else. And I know that from my own experience. Um, I would rather listen to someone say an actual Bible verse than tell me the truth that is in the Bible verse. Does that make sense? Um, so, so I think that those things are very important to understand. Um, because I memorized scripture growing up, but it didn't mean anything. So those things were pivotal for me um, to then grasp scripture and go, okay, I need to memorize it. Um, so I, th th I guess to sum that up, it's motivation. What's, what's your motivation for memorizing scripture? Is it just so that way um, you are able to recite a verse or is it so that you're, you have it, the truth to know? Um, you know, and to know God better through it. So um, as far as how to actually go about it, um, when I started memorizing, I would just read it. Um, I would write it down, um, you know, uh, because we have some, some type of thing in our memory where if we actually write it out, um, we seem to remember it better. Um, I would actually listen to it. Um, I have a couple... A couple of chapters, I think it's Colossians 3, where, <laughs> where I listened to it so much that I, I memorized it. So that's another way of doing it. Um, 
uh, really it's finding a time where you can do that. So I had to, you know, sit in the car for hours one time. So I just turned it, turned it on and I actually fell asleep while listening to it, but like it was still getting in my mind. So now I can even recite it to you in the same voice that he did it, you know, that I listened to it in, uh, which is kind of comical, but any, like I tried all the ways. And so I know different verses because of different reasons of how I, of how I memorized it. So to me, it didn't matter how I did it. It was, I just wanted to get it in. So uh, to do chapters, the best way I think, um, or if you, if you really have to figure out what works for you, um, because some people are better writing it out. Some people are better listening to it. Some people, whatever. Um, I use a, I now use um, for the past, I don't know, maybe two years or so, maybe three, I don't know. Um, Now I have an app. It's called Bible Memory Pro, and I use that um, to memorize scripture. And what it does is, you know, you put your, your, you pick whatever scripture you want to memorize, and then it has you type the first letter of each of the words in the verse. And then after you get that 100%, it takes you to the next, um, you know, quote unquote level, if you will, where some of the words are gone. Every other word is gone. So now you have to type it without some of the words there. And then after you get that hundred percent, it'll take you to no words at all. And you have to type it out, um, and you know, get 95% or above. And then that same verse, um, after you've mastered it like that with, you know, where there's no words anymore, um, after you've gotten 95% or above on that, um, then it will add that to your mastered list. And so that verse will actually come up tomorrow and you'll have to do it again. And then if you get it right tomorrow, then it'll come up two days later and then three days later and then four days later. So it increases um, in the increments of days as you learn to master it. And that really helps um, your, your memory. One, because at, at the start you have to do it, um, you know, two or three times in a week. Let's see. I'm on my app right now. So I have ones that are 183 days from now. Um, and then obviously I still, I have some that I need to do today. So, and I don't, you know, there, they might be, I'm at the point now where I have so many in here where, you know, I have 23 due right now. Um, and then by tomorrow, probably at this time, I'll have another 30 or something like that added to that list. So sometimes I get behind where I have 120 verses that I need to quote unquote catch up on. Um, But it doesn't stress me out because I know that I'm going to get to it. I know that I'm going to, you know, go through those again because it's important to me. Um, But you can't make it law to yourself, if that makes sense. Um, You can't um, stake your salvation on it. I've done that before where, you know, I missed a day or something. And so then I felt horrible that, you know, I really didn't love God. No, that's not the case. Um, so keep, keep it up. Um, you got to keep it regular, regular. That's why I like the app is because it does remind me to continue to review the verses. Um, but you really got to find what works for you. So that works for me. I know some other guys who have tried the app and they don't care for it. Um, but I really, I really like it because I can just be, honestly, I can be on the toilet 
and be memorized in verses. So um, it's really nice for me. Wow. Uh, we've learned so much from you today in today's episode and just all the different things that you've told us about the, the struggles that you've gone through in your life and how you saw God work through your life in those moments and you saw how the Holy Spirit came into your life and helped you with that. And then going into uh, individual temptations and how you fight those off in your everyday life. I think it's it's very valuable, at least for me to listen to, just to hear all the different ways that God has uh, showed you to fight off temptation. And I'm definitely going to take some of those and to apply them into my own life. The, uh, the memorization app is, it's an app that I have on my phone, but I don't use it uh, nearly as often as I should. So I'm going to start using it in the way that you're telling us to use it. And um, I, I've, I've loved a lot of the different things that you've said about realistic ways to fight off temptation every day, because we hear this, this said that we should fight off temptation and that we should avoid temptation and all these things, but we don't really it's not easy to know what that looks like practically if nobody tells you. And today you've given us uh, so many great ways to fight off temptation. Um, and I think it all began uh, at the beginning when you were telling your testimony and you you were talking about the, the boy that you knew who died in the car accident. And then you said, if you were to die today, what would people say about your life? I think that that's a very sobering question that we can all ask ourselves because it's it's not something that you want to think about you know, when you're dying and what people are going to think about you, but it's it can really give you a perspective on your life that you wouldn't be able to get from from yourself, like a perspective on your life that if you really died today, what would those closest to you think about you? Would they think that you're a follower of Christ? Would they think that you were living faithfully for God until the end? Or would they think that the world was getting hold of you and the world was, was grabbing onto you and pulling you down with its temptation? And I also, I was really struck by the fact that you said <clears throat> the three things that are exceedingly important to a Christian are to be known by God, to know God, and to make him known. Because that that's such an important truth. Those three things, they sound so simple, but really if you live your life to be known by God, to know God and to make him known, then you'll be putting your your priorities in alignment with how Christ calls us to put our priorities, to order our priorities in our lives according to the scriptures. And then just the intentional steps that you were talking about for us to change our minds, the intentional steps for us to fight off temptation and to pursue God actively in our lives. Those were so encouraging as well. Um, the the most important one that you talked about, or the one that you focused on, is memorizing scripture, and just having that at your at the tip of your fingers. So if you're ever in a situation where you're feeling tempted, or you're just sitting there bored, you're you have nothing else to do, that you can immediately bring to mind um, God's word and scriptures and scriptural truths that He has has given us in His word, and they're so valuable. But they're even more valuable when you have them at the tip of your, your tip of your tongue and um, your fingertips, and you can access them whenever you need to. And avoiding risky situations is another thing that you told us that that if you go throughout your life and you know certain times in your life, certain times of the day, certain places you go where you're more likely to be uh, faced with temptation. Uh, if we continue to live our lives normally and we don't go out of our way to avoid those situations or to avoid those those particular places that we know are more risky than others, then we're not taking our active part that that we can to actively avoid those temptations and to seek God in all of our actions and in everything we do. So uh, we just want to thank you for so much for coming on this episode today. I've learned a lot from you and I hope that our audience has has been able to benefit as much from all the great things that you said as I have, because I know that a lot of the things you said today, I'm going to apply to my life. And it's been so encouraging to hear you talk and to hear you just give us your testimony and tell us all these things and all these ways God has worked in your life uh, in an effort to to help us uh, do those same things in our life. So thank you so much for coming on today. Yeah, no problem. I was glad to come on and, and share my testimony. I love 
to talk about it because I know what it's like to be on the other side. I know what it's like um, to have no hope. And so to be able to share the hope that we have in Jesus Christ and the love that he displayed on the cross, um, my favorite verse, uh, I have to share it, is Romans 5.8. But God demonstrates us, but God demonstrated toward us um, his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Um, and to me, to recognize that at my darkest point, in my worst sin, he was on the cross paying for it. Um, man, what hope is that, that someone would love me that much, let alone the God who created everything. So um, thanks for having me on and allowing me to share that hope that we have in Christ. Um, and that really, um, the life that he has for us is so much sweeter than the life that we think we want. Um, so thanks so much. Yeah, and actually, my favorite verse is, also comes from the book of Romans. It's Romans 8.28, and it says, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. And that's something that I remind myself of continually, is the fact that I might have one plan for my life, and I might have you know, the way that I imagine things going in my head. But if I surrender my life to Christ, if I lay, lay my life down before him, lay everything I have down before him, and follow him faithfully along the path that he guides me on, I know that everything's going to work out together for my good. And sometimes that won't, it won't be the good that I picture in my head. It might not be um, what I originally planned, but I know that if I, if I um, endure unto the end in Christ and in his plan for me, that his plan is going to work out infinitely greater and infinitely more beneficial for me than my plan ever could have. So um, we want to thank you guys for listening to this episode. As always, you can Find us at our website at livingvictorypodcast.com. You can find us on social media, Instagram and Facebook at Living Victory Podcast. Uh, if you want to get in contact with us, social media is a great way to reach out to us. But we also have individual emails for each one of the three hosts. You can email us at Christian, Max, or Jonathan at livingvictorypodcast.com. And then if you have any general questions or suggestions or comments about the podcast or a greeting or really anything you want to say to us, you can also email our general email at questions at livingvictorypodcast.com. Because we want to hear from you guys. We want to interact with you guys. We really want to make this a community of Christ, Christ lovers who come together to build one another up and to um, spur each other on to love and good deeds. Just because we know that Christ has given us community for a reason. And we want to use what technology and what resources are at our disposal to help build you guys up and to help have you guys build us up in the process. And um, Matthew today has been one of our great resources. Uh, we're, we're planning on doing this more in the future, reaching out to people that have really impacted uh, our lives for Christ so we can have them come on the podcast and, and share their great wisdom and knowledge like Matthew has today with you guys to also help build you guys up in Christ. So uh, as always, we want to thank you guys once again for listening to this podcast and love each other and shine your light.